Welcome to the Outcomes Rocket Podcast, where we inspire collaborative thinking, improved outcomes, and business success with today's most successful and inspiring healthcare leaders and influencers. And now your host, Saul Marquez. Outcomes Rocket listeners, welcome back once again to the Outcomes Rocket podcast, where we chat with today's most inspiring and successful healthcare leaders. I really want to thank you for tuning in. I invite you to go to outcomesrocket.com slash reviews, where you could go dial in and see what we're up to, but also provide a rating and review. Let us know what you think of today's episode. I want to introduce our outstanding guest today. He's a friend and a director of technology. His name is Aslan Brook. He's over in Los Angeles area. He's a recipient of, of a degree from the Georgia Institute of Technology, but has been with Zinc's Health for the last almost decade, being the director of technology and helping them to deliver some of the care solutions that they do. Let's face it, without an amazing healthcare director you, in technology, you can't have the solutions, especially if you're a tech company. And so what I want to do is, is uh, open up the microphone to Aslan so he could fill in any of the gaps in his introduction and we could take off with our show today. Aslan, welcome. Thank you, Saul. Yes, so as uh, Saul was mentioning, I've been here at Zinx Health for almost a decade. And so a lot of uh, my reflecting on healthcare is, is from working here at Zinc's Health. And I started as a software engineer and across the years moved into DevOps engineering, system engineering, and then into management as a manager. And now I'm a director of the technology department. And so um, it's been a, a very good experience and I look forward to, to sharing more here on this podcast. Yeah, Aslan. And you know, one of the things, folks, I, I had the pleasure of uh, of meeting Aslan at the Health 2.0 meeting. We we kind of just hit it off just, you know, similar uh, uh, pleasure in, in helping improve outcomes and thinking about ways to, to get there. And, you know, you got to think through these things. And I could tell right away when I started talking to Aslan that he, he thinks through these problems very thoroughly. And, and uh, after hearing some of his thoughts, I said, man, I got to get you on the show, Aslan. And so grateful that you agreed. So appreciate you jumping on, Aslan. It's a pleasure. So let, let us know, what, what got you to get started in the medical sector to begin with? Uh, so uh, coming out of college, uh, I took a bit of a, a faith-based journey across the country with a friend of mine. Very cool. I had only a, a, a bag of of clothing and I ended up in Florida and uh, uh, being fresh out of college with my computer science degree, I went to a local uh, job location service and they said, yeah, we got this job uh, with a medical manager research and design there in Alajua outside of Gainesville. And uh, they they had a, uh, a product that was no longer being supported, but it, was, uh, it wasn't scaling well and they needed someone to dig into C code and essentially make it faster. And so uh, this opportunity came up and I took it and then I was in healthcare. It wasn't something <laughs> <Nice>. I necessarily <laughs> planned on doing, it just happened. And uh, it was a great experience. And uh, I worked there for roughly two years, and uh, I really enjoyed the level of professionalism in, in the people that worked in healthcare. And uh, after that, 
I moved to California because of the opportunities in California, and I didn't immediately go back into healthcare. I actually was a personal trainer. Uh, I I worked in uh, retail. And then in 2007, um, I determined I was going to change jobs again, and I was looking around, and, and I found an opportunity here at Zinx Health. And I had already been focusing on uh, the management of knowledge in my own faith journey, and the professionalism within healthcare appealed to me. And over time, being here for 10 years, there's just a progressive sense of uh, bigger and bigger challenges that are intellectually stimulating. So it's kept me engaged. And that, that's how I, I, I think about my being in healthcare, that it's something that I'm attracted to because it aligns with my values and what I believe in and the challenges within it. I think that's so cool. And so you sort you went on a on a journey of, you know, help people with spiritual healing and uh you know, in looking for a role to apply your skills, you found the healing of bodies and minds and, and it's so cool to kind of go down this path and now you're you're at uh Zinks where, you know, they're they're really doing some cool stuff and you know, evidence-based, experience-based clinical improvement, uh, mobile care solutions, and uh, really focused on improving outcomes. So, you know, maybe you could give us an example, Asan, of what you believe should be on every medical leader's agenda today and what Zinx is doing to, uh, to make it happen there. So uh, having been at uh, Health Tech 2.0 with you, I know that this was discussed a lot there. Uh, I think this is also part of some of the government regulations and meaningful use three. Uh, interoperability and the ability to exchange data in a meaningful way. I think that the interoperability, the topic of interoperability should be on uh, every clinical leader's mind. So to give, give us an example as and how do you how, how are you guys approaching it uh, at your company and uh, you know what tips would you give to the listeners for them to be able to do it better so we're focusing on it with making our evidence-based medical content available to consumers in a standardized format and that standardized format is is, is fire so I would encourage all of our listeners to uh, look into fire it's a it's a standard for trial use currently and uh, work with the community uh, that is working with FIRE to understand how to use it in their specific use cases as it relates to interoperability. And Aslan, you obviously have have pretty in-depth knowledge of, of FIRE and how it works, but for those less tech savvy that don't know what it is, maybe you could give, give us a quick snippet of that. Uh, the way I generally think about it at a high level is that uh, with FIRE, they've taken uh, the best parts of the modern web, both in its uh, ability to be developed on its uh, performance, its scalability, and uh, the best parts of HL7 and the things that have been learned about building standards with uh, medical and clinical concepts and bringing those two together so that it can attract uh, technologists that may not understand uh, the, the medical side of things and ease that, that, that attraction or bringing them into the fold to actually work on some of the harder challenges that we have today with interoperability. Love it. Great example. And folks, fire something to check out. They're definitely uh, utilizing this as a platform to really build on this 
problem of interoperability, or let's call it a solution. Let's call it an opportunity, right? As, an, <laughs> as yeah. you would like to call it. Um, maybe you could give us uh, an example, Aslan, of how Zinc's Health has uh, done things to improve outcomes. Sure. So uh, the core of what we do as a, a business is uh, we produce evidence-based medical content and uh, we've been doing it for, for 20 years. And so when I think about uh, the, the ability to impact outcomes, uh, we, we provide guidance to over 50% of the U.S. discharge approximately. Huge. We serve 1,400 facilities across 500 health systems. And uh, the ability to, to impact outcomes with our evidence-based medical content has been recognized, uh, for example, uh, being the uh, category leader in class in, in 2014, 2015, 2016, and 2017. Boom. Uh, not order sets and plans of care across all those years, but the order sets, for example, was 2015, 2016, and 2017. Back to so, back recognized as as a, a category leader uh, in class as it relates to our evidence-based medical content is a way for technologists and uh, in my uh, position I have to consider we're separated from interacting with the customers directly so we look to the awards and the feedback in those sense to 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 recognize the impact we're having on outcomes our commercial operations team they're going to have a lot more experience with seeing it at the hospitals and how it's actually impacting outcomes. Yeah, for sure. And those, those awards definitely, uh, you know, they do, they do definitely provide examples of how you've done well, right? A word can tell a lot. And so, you know, congratulations to you and your team over there for, for the awesome things that you guys are doing. Well, thank you very much. It's, it, it helps us to appreciate that we're meaningfully impacting healthcare in the technology side of our business. For sure. Aslan, give us an example of a time when things didn't go so well. Maybe a time when you had a setback and what you learned from that. Yeah, that is a really interesting question. I think just for uh, the sake of uh, the individuals involved. I'm going to keep it fairly general. Um, but uh, the thing that I see as patterns where I fail is when I silo my activity off from getting feedback from other people hmm. or a lack of communication. And uh, in healthcare, we work with a lot of very intelligent people, and it's much better, I think, and this kind of goes into what I've learned, is, is to get the ideas out there early and often and accept that, that the critical feedback, whether it's felt as positive or negative, ultimately is going to be constructive. And that uh, when we silo ourselves off in our individual roles and we feel like we're doing our responsibilities and we don't have to concern ourselves with other people's responsibilities and just separating ourselves and thinking of it just as inputs and outputs from different roles, that we can, uh, we can fail. I, I, I've seen that be the places where I failed more. 
than others. And that's kind of on the, the, uh, the human side of it. On the technical side of it, it's the levels of testing. So in technology, there's unit and integration tests. These are very low-level tests that cost very, very little to fix the actual defects if they're detected early with these unit and integration tests. So these unit integration tests, however, uh, if you don't identify failures with these unit integration tests, then they cost a whole lot more, these, these defects to fix once systems get to production. So almost in every case, the lack of unit integration tests ultimately leads to failure. So it's kind of, a, the, those are kind of two things I've identified in my, my career where I've seen failure in my own work. And uh, what I've learned from it is that there are some uh, very important movements in technology and uh, testing capabilities that should be almost in every project that I work on. Uh, one of them you may hear of is called DevOps, which is a cultural movement to increase the collaboration of technologists, and then the unit test and integration test. This is part of an overall strategy for testing. They should always be in technology. Yeah. Hey, Asin, I think this is a great call out, you know, and I've experienced failure in the same respect where, you know, I, you, you got to make sure you get feedback. It's so easy to feel so good about yourself and what you're doing when you're in a closed room and you don't have to collaborate with anybody when the market is not there to, to judge because it is judgment, whether they pay or don't pay, whether they use or don't use a product. And so I think this is a great call out. And then the second one is these redundancies of, hey, you know, let's make sure we have systems in place to make sure to double check our work, to make sure that it's working. So listeners, I think this is something that we all struggle with as leaders and something that is good to be reminded of. And so Aslan, appreciate you bringing this back up. Make sure that you pressure test your work. Make sure that you do it in such a way that it's going to help you be successful in improving healthcare outcomes. So Aslan, let's dive into some more interesting things here. You already gave us some examples of kind of what setbacks you've had and how you've learned from them. Give us an example of one of your proudest leadership experiences in medicine today. Sure. So for this, I, I, I have to acknowledge the, the bigger organization that I work in, in terms of uh, the, the, the leadership experiences that I've had. So we are here at Zinx Health as part of, we're part of the Hearst Health Organization. The Hearst Health Organization is made up of Zinx Health, FDB, MCG, Home Care Home Base, and MedHoc. And this organization allows for uh, the, the, the business units to, to, to communicate with each other. And on more than one occasion, I've had the opportunity to communicate to technologists and the C-suite in the various business units about our practices and technology. And it's been very well received, uh, identifying Zinks as a, a leader in some of the most modern uh, testing practices for their software. And so that, that, that was a, a very uh, enjoyable experience to be able to uh, impact our sister companies in their work in that way. And um, 
just to share kind of the Hearst Health uh, background a little, uh, 84% of the patients discharged are uh, touched by Hearst Health, uh, 3.1 billion prescriptions dispensed each year uh, are, are influenced by Hearst Health, 177 million insured individuals and uh, 60 million home health visits. So being able to communicate with the wider Hearst Health team in a meaningful way to influence their their work, that has been a, a real pleasure to, to be a part of. Yeah, that's really great. Uh, and and listeners, take take uh, Aslan as an example. You know, he's he's done really well at the company. Um, and you know, you don't have to start your own company to give your gifts to improve healthcare. Find companies that are doing amazing things, hook up with them, and and provide your talents so that you too can improve outcomes through these larger companies. As in the, the, the numbers don't lie and you guys have created major results, but in healthcare, things are changing. So if you do what you've always done, you're not necessarily gonna get what you've gotten in the past. So maybe you could tell us a little bit more about an exciting project or focus that you're working on. Sure, yeah, so uh, just to close up the numbers side of what I was discussing, uh, the numbers I described for Hearst Health were were yearly, and uh, moving on to what we're, we're focusing on here at Zinc's Health, uh, and what we're working on that's exciting is this FIRE implementation for making our evidence-based medical medical content available through the plan definition resource, which is a definitional resource in FHIR is not necessarily associated to a specific patient. It's the type of resource that could be reused and may be condition specific or uh, applicable to a specific venue of care. And our evidence-based medical content aligns very much with these plan definitions, so we're actively making them available even now in a uh, beta uh, program as part of an innovation challenge we're, we're hosting where we're making these plan definitions available to consumers. That's really exciting. Definitely changing the paradigm of, of the way things are done. So I definitely wish you and your team some success in that endeavor. I think it's, it's going to turn out to be a really cool thing. Yes, I agree. I, 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 we're having a good time doing it. We're finding that uh, it's easing our way into understanding more about the healthcare concepts that are applicable to bridge the creation of evidence-based medical content and the application to actual patients. Super exciting, man. Oh, that's so great. Well, hey, you know, in, in the end, it's it's all about improving those outcomes and you guys are doing it in a, in a really creative way. So kudos to you guys. Thank you very much. It's, uh, it's, 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 a, it's a real pleasure. It's been a team effort here and we're, we're making the content even available to anyone who would like to get an API key. We're making one order nice. set, one plan, care, uh, plan of care available. Uh, anyone who's listening can go to developer.zinks.com and apply for an API key and get more information about this innovation challenge, which has a uh, total pot of $20,000 that are going to be spread across um, winners. Um, and that's actively going on. And then we're also working with our, our, 
our partners and our customers to uh, move towards the usage of our API and these plan definitions, which uh, again, it was a very natural fit for us to make our evidence-based medical content available in the standard format. That is so awesome. And so Outcomes Rocket listeners, you heard it. It's an invitation. We're going to be able to put this link in the show notes. So uh, if you go to outcomesrocket.com slash Aslan, that's A-S-L-A-N as in Nancy, Aslan, you'll be able to find the show notes as well as a link to this uh, competition with real dollars at the end of it. So uh, some pretty cool stuff here. Aslan, let's pretend you and I are building a medical leadership course on what it takes to be successful in medicine today. It's the 101 or the ABCs of Aslan Brook. Let's write out a syllabus together, my friend, and we're going to do it by answering these four lightning round questions. You ready? Yes. All right. What's the best way to improve healthcare outcomes? I think that it's really important that we consider patient care from an overall system of care perspective, encompassing the entire patient journey with all the roles and the venues of care considered in that that patient journey. What's the biggest mistake or pitfall to avoid? The biggest pitfall to avoid will be local optimization, that performance is a characteristic of the system, not of the individual practitioner, that if we optimize for a specific role that is providing care to a patient, we may miss the actual issues that are going to be encountered by the patient in the overall journey of care. Good call out. How do you stay relevant as an organization despite constant change? So you need to establish and maintain a culture of learning that uh, the problems need to be solved faster and faster over time. And with that ability to solve faster, fast, solve problems faster and faster, you need to be able to disseminate that knowledge that is gained from solving those problems within a culture of learning. How, how, what would you say uh, one area of focus, Aslan, should drive everything else in the company? Innovation should probably drive all focuses in a company. Innovation in the processes that a specific role executes, innovation in the technologies that departments are using or applying for for patient care, innovation in the overall organization if they provide products to the healthcare industry. We should continue to innovate. As in what book as part of this syllabus would you recommend to our listeners? So I would always recommend the Holy Bible, but for this specific class that we're discussing, I would say High Velocity Edge by Steven Spear. That book, I think, will go deeper into the concepts that I've talked about some in the, the previous questions. Love it, Aslan. And listeners, again, go to outcomesrocket.com slash Aslan, and you're going to be able to find this syllabus that we just put together for you, the link to the to the hackathon that with $20,000 in prizes, as well as links to, to the company and everything else that Aslan's up to there. Aslan, before we conclude, I'd love for, for you to just share one closing thought and then the best place where the listeners could get a hold of you. 
Sure. So I think that I'd like to conclude with the innovation challenge again, that we are hosting it currently. So there's a bit of urgency for for whoever's listening that thinks that they have an idea that could marry evidence-based medical content with some part of a patient journey. It doesn't need to be in the acute space. It can be anywhere, home health, any of the secondary uh, um, uh, levels of care, uh, anywhere in the patient journey. If you feel that evidence-based medical content has a role to play there, then come to developer.zinks.com. Take a look at our innovation challenge. We would love to hear your ideas about how a separate product or a separate idea could integrate our evidence-based medical content with that idea or that product. I think that that's a a very uh, important thing that we're working on right now. Then also to just get in touch with me, I I think that LinkedIn is probably the best option. Uh, Twitter also. Um, On LinkedIn, you can find me as Osam Brook and the same on, on Twitter. It's been really a fruitful discussion. And again, and the invitation to the listeners to participate in this in this challenge, uh, all these links are going to be provided, a link to, to Aslan's LinkedIn page if you have specific questions. So again, Aslan, just want to say thank you and uh, looking forward to staying in touch. Likewise, so it's been a, a pleasure talking to you today. And then at the Health Tech 2.0, it's a super, uh, super good time there as well. And as you know, I'm a big fan of podcasts. So uh, it's truly exciting for me to get to be on one. So thanks so much. My pleasure, brother. Thanks for listening to the Outcomes Rocket podcast. Be sure to visit us on the web at www.outcomesrocket.com for the show notes, resources, inspiration, and so much more.